0: Hey, folks! Welcome to Free Press Sports with Carl and Sean. Carl, uh, we, we don't have a guest today, man. My man, it's um, it's just the two of us. I, I don't think we need a guest.
1: It's not just the two of us. It's, it's you, Sean Windsor, and me who's here to support you. I'm your, I'm, I'm your wingman.
0: Well, um, I would like to be your wingman too, and maybe that's, uh, maybe that's a point. Maybe that's a good, uh, a good pivot here because we want, we want to be there for each other, right? And I think we need a little bit of that. We want to be each other's wingman's pals. Yeah, exactly. But um look, we we this is a sports podcast and, and we're gonna talk some sports. We're gonna get in a little bit of uh the Pistons raid with James Wiseman and we're gonna talk a little bit about the Lions and where they need to go and that uh, Ben Johnson needs to stay for ten years and you know that they're going to win the Super Bowl next year I think as you predicted
1: and you gave Brad Holmes the draft plan so it's yeah, yeah, comprehensive. Yeah. he doesn't have to do any research now just he, he
0: because I think that's important you know we're we're going on Our listeners are out there you know going to work um th- this is what we do and we're going to talk some sports and I, I I think that can be um I don't want to say helpful I want to overstate what we do but it is what we do so let's do some of that but but before we get to that i i just i just want to talk about what happened up at michigan state um a couple of days ago uh it was, it was tuesday tuesday night on the, on that campus and um i want to get your thoughts a little bit there are some sports uh it's a minor part of it but um there are some sports questions uh and uh that are linked to 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 what happened some of the consequences of the school shutting down after um a shooter shot eight, excuse me, uh, no, yeah, five, eight Michigan State students. Uh, he killed three of them, uh, five remain in varying degrees of uh, critical condition up at Sparrow Hospital in East Lansing. And um, just that night, the school being on uh, lockdown, I don't know about you, Carlos, I know you have kids at, at Michigan, and I want to get your perspective, but I'm guessing you know, like most people around here, somebody that has a kid up at Michigan State, right? And that's the thing, we're all we are all linked to it in some way, or most of us are. Maybe all of us, maybe just about all of us are. And um, and then we can talk a little bit about the, the school shutting down for the rest of the week, that there are no activities, that there are no sports. Michigan State uh, basketball team canceled its game with Minnesota. It was supposed to be, I want to say, uh, Wednesday night. The question is, and we can talk about this in a second, um, they are supposed to play at Michigan on Saturday night at Chrysler Arena. And that decision hadn't been made yet, but I do, again, want to get your thoughts on what that might mean and whether Michigan has an opportunity to reach out, maybe um, have some kind of tribute to uh, cool down the rivalry a little bit. You know, I mean, sometimes we can take these moments and and um, and have some conversation that way. I know that the University of Michigan president, Santa Ono, yesterday ordered the flags on campus at U, at U of M to be lowered to half-mast, which I thought was a nice gesture. And, um, you know, just feeling around Ann Arbor, talking to people, you could hear Michigan folks or see Michigan folks even. But I heard stories about Michigan folks wearing Spartan gear, the T-shirts. Maybe they had uh, they know somebody. And, you know, I, I think there's a, a little bit of an opportunity for some of that. But 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 uh, the first thing I want to do, Carlos, is I, ju- I just want to re- read the names of the three of the well, they're more than three victims, but the three who lost their lives. I noticed in uh in our excellent reporting on Freep.com that the parents of these of these kids of these students they, they they don't want their names to be forgotten. so I felt like we could we could at least mention them here. I know it's a small thing, but I wa- I wanted to real quickly do that. so the names are Ariel Anderson who wanted to be a doctor who's from Harper Woods and I think went to school high school in Gross Point. uh Brian Frazier who's from Gross Point your neck of the woods who uh his family and friends describe him as a as a leader no matter what he was doing uh sports activities extracurricular activities he's just one of these kind of kids that that other kids gravitated toward and then Alexandria Werner who's from Claussen and who is an all-state softball player who is a um a, a league MVP i want to say in basketball and and volleyball just one of these uh Uh, fabulous all-around athletes so those are the three names I wanted to mention those and then Carlos I just I just want to get your your thoughts on on what happened and kind of where you were when you found out and and what are your connections to to Michigan State
1: yeah I mean I think that it's you know the, the, the I hope they do play that game first of all you know um because it is a moment of it can be a moment of healing when people come together and no matter what school you go to, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, Eastern, Wayne State, Central, Oakland, doesn't matter. You know, you know people at those other schools. We have friends, you know, my daughter goes, one of my daughters goes to Michigan, but she has a lot of close friends, you know, and former classmates who go to Michigan State. We have tons of friends whose kids are at Michigan State and, Uh, I don't know how everybody else felt, but I felt caught in between, you know, I know, you know, your son is in Michigan State, and it was like, I really wanted to reach out to all my friends and ask them, but I was like, I also don't want to bother them. And in fact, they were very much in a moment of crisis of dealing with it in real time, where the school was locked down, and they're telling kids to shelter in place and, you know, protect yourself and all that. And and, uh, some harrowing details came out from some of our friends from posts that they had on Facebook dealing with this in real time. And it was just uh yet again, you know, another another shocking, but not shocking, uh tragedy in our in our country, you know, in our it's in our community. You know, I live in Gross Point. And we had vigils here last night, the Monday night or Tuesday night, uh, for the two kids. Um it's just It's, you can't even use, you can't, there aren't words, you know, to describe how, how sad this is. And I would hope preventable if we ever come to some kind of understanding about gun control and get serious about legislation and finally limit access because it's just, I was telling my wife, it's just so easy to get guns. It's so, I mean, back when I was a kid, I was a kid, Sean, and my, in California, you know, there's still even back then in the 70s ages was this this strong culture about guns in the west and it it just even though I didn't have a gun or my parents didn't have it, you know, I knew where to get one. I had a friend whose dad was a cop or an ex-cop or had been in the military and it's if you want to get a gun, you can get a gun in this country. It's not that hard and if you're mentally unstable, there you know, uh that's there's nothing really, there's not much to prevent you, you know, as we found out in Oxford. And now we're finding about finding out about this tragedy, but yeah, my heart's go out. My heart goes out to all the families, to the communities that are dealing with it. You know, um, I hope something help, I hope these kids are remembered they will be remembered, but I hope their legacy is that something changes. Um, but that's just hope. I, I, I have a little, I have little um belief that it will change but i hope it does no we're i'm with you you have hope
0: you don't have much faith um i think we're stuck i think we're unique and uh usually unique is um uh, something that's good but i don't obviously in this case it's not and we don't want to get we don't want to turn this into a political show or a gun debate but i do want to say this um there's no other country in the world that's a reasonable democracy that deals with the kind of gun violence that we do or the kind of violent deaths in general right there, there just isn't the numbers are overwhelming every country has mental health issues Carlos um uh I have a, a a really really close family friend in the Netherlands for example who's who's got a child who's had some 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 issues of anxiety depression that sort of thing that have gotten pretty serious and uh i was talking to her not that long ago and she's having trouble finding a psychiatrist over there there's such a backlog right and this is in the in the, in the netherlands and i'm not holding up as that 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 country is some kind of perfect country none of us none of us none of us are but everybody has mental health issues everybody has poverty issues everybody has inequity issues and so it, it's 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 not that the one thing we have that nobody else has are almost half the world's guns right and and that's it I don't know what to do about it i don't know that i mean i'm not i'm not that smart i know that as culturally we're we're really really far apart but at some point in our society we're going to have to decide you know who and what we are and what we want to be and that's going to mean taking a look at the constitution to some degree we have amended the constitution before right and i don't want to get into a second amendment debate here and i understand how deep, deep, deep rooted it is for so many millions of people. And I respect that. And you, you want people to be able to hunt and all that. Again, I don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole, but I just wanted to say that there's, there's one thing that's not like any other thing and that's the guns. How do exactly. we fix it? How, how do we fix, fix that? I don't know. All I know is that Tuesday night I was driving downtown in Arbor. i to go pick up my brother-in-law from work. He's a projectionist at the Michigan Theater. And I get a call from uh from Ann, from my wife, who just gotten off the phone with her son Sam, who was huddled up in his apartment, his uh, off campus apartment just north of Grand River, not not that far from Grand River from where the shootings were. He was you know, I don't know, three quarters of a mile or so. And um and she called me and that's how I found out about it. I you know, I wasn't on social media, hadn't been for a minute. And um so I immediately called Sam, and then we were on the phone with him on and off for the next four hours, and like so many other people, uh, my son was listening to a, the, the police scanner, and the police scanner, as you know, and, and this has been, uh, I don't want to diminish the, or make light of this by by calling it interesting, but it is interesting. There were reports of three or 400,000 people listening to this police scanner, which is another topic for another day. I mean, obviously, we, we, we want public assets to our public uh, public institutions. But the problem, Carlos, is that there's a lot of misinformation, not intentional misinformation, it's just dispatchers talking to police and police talking to police about tips and reports that they're getting from the public. And some of them are true, and some of them aren't. And so you have to sit there and listen to that. Well, the long and short of that is because this unfolded in real time, sort of crackling over the the, the, the scanners Tuesday night, at one point my son heard a report that there was gunfire uh 2 250 300 feet from where he was living so away excuse me his apartment so he immediately shoved his couch in front of his door and um closed the blinds and got down on the floor and i'm just thinking about my kid at college right and and he's not alone i i read stories and accounts of kids hiding under their beds under piles of dirty laundry my son's roommate sam was locked in a basement uh, in Jettison Fieldhouse on campus, um, he was there with a with an internship program with sports. He wants to go into sports management. He, he loves sports. Uh, just a great kid. I've known him since the first grade. And he's down there with ten of the kids. They cut the lights, turned all their phones uh, on to silent because they, you know, they're definitely afraid to make any noise because they don't know. There's so much report. They don't know if the shooter's going to come down the hall. Right? They have no idea, and they're just by the glow of their screens huddle up for three or four hours with no bathroom trying to listen, trying to get any information they can. And um and that was happening all over campus with tens of thousands of students and just off campus. My niece, Mallory, my brother's daughter, who's a, a a student up there, was locked in a sorority that was near one of the you know, not a couple of buildings away from the shooting. And this this was true for I don't know. How many how many parents out there? So so this is what it's become. This is what what it's like. This is where we're at. And, um, you know, I, I'm grateful. I'm relieved, like most parents. I feel guilty. It could have easily been my son. It could have easily been my niece, my my son's roommate. You know, Sam has two classes in Berkey Hall where, the, where two kids were killed and where five were shot and where he was at earlier in the day. It's just completely random. It's completely random. And um, so we're going to have to decide at some point how, how much more we want of that. And 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 that's the thing. Uh, Sam is back home. I know most uh, most kids are back at their homes, and um, you know he's dealing with it like everybody else. And he's relatively lucky. Um, some not so much. Obviously, I just think that Carlos, we're going to have to make uh, some society wide decisions. Again, we're not we're not here to do that on this podcast but it's fresh and we're going to talk about it because we're all connected to this in so many different ways. And, um, you know, can a basketball game make a difference? No, but, but getting back to, uh, Saturday night and should Michigan state play at Michigan? I, I, I don't know. I, I suppose that's up to the kids. What What do you think The the players,
1: it's up the to co- the players, I the mean, coaching I, staff. Yeah. I think that, I think that you, um, you know it's part of the healing process. You know, I mean anybody who's dealt with, you know, tragedy, I mean everybody everybody deals with it different ways. Um, but you the, the one the one true part of tragedy is you have to move on. You have to have catharsis, you have to have closure, you have to, you know, process it. And sports, this is one of the things that sports does. You know, it it brings people together in these times. And I mean we saw it you know the biggest example is nine eleven. you know and um you know they canceled games right away but then they came back and and you you see people together again you know it's it's heartening to have that um and there will be it will be it's it's the perfect time i hope they do it because it's the perfect time for for both universities to put aside you know their petty little you know squabbles and the rivalries whatever and everybody understands you know we're not only all humans but you know more importantly we're michiganders and uh basketball fans and football fans and everything else and you know it's it'll be i can just see it's a it's a made for tv moment right the the hugs and the you know i can imagine michigan will come out and some Spartan gear or whatever it is. Um, You know, so it's, it, I think, I think our community, our state needs that. Um, I hope they play. I don't know. What do you think? Is it, is it a good opportunity for them? Or I, it, do I, they need I agree. Kid? I hope they play too. I
0: mean, as long as the kids are up for it and my guess is they probably would be, Um, you know, you want to, at some point you want to be who you are and do what you do. Um, You know, it's, it's never, easy to say, okay, what's the appropriate amount of time? That's different for everybody. It's obviously not for us to say. But yeah, I I think there's a real opportunity. If they can play, you know, there's some practical issues. Can Michigan State practice, right? Because everything's shut down on campus. Can they can they come to Ann Arbor early? You know, can they come Friday and use the facilities at Michigan to at least get one practice in? Is 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 that is that fair competitively? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I know th- this, look, again, look, I, I, I know these are minor things in the scope of what happened, but they're also not, right? It's it's also life, and um, to your point. So I, I, think, I think there'd be a, a great opportunity there uh, for Michigan. I, I love the idea. Yeah, you, maybe somebody comes out in green and white. You know, I saw a lot of that on social media. There's There's lots of issues with social media, but there are also some... Some wonderful things and i've seen a lot of that the last couple of days i've seen a lot of wolverines saying hey we're, we're spartans right now right
1: and well say- michigan's michigan's halfway there they were doing this cosplay thing right when they were playing uh what was it wisconsin right and uh Hunter dickinson and the ski mask and Jed howard and the free juan t-shirt and so i think they're they're ready for uh-huh. For dress up anyway. So this would be a good opportunity for them to put some, some Spartan gear on. <laughs> yeah, it might as well. Yeah. You know, maybe they could even dress up with the Spartan
0: mascot. No. The, 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 <laughs> no it's, it's good to, it's good. It's good to see you smile. Look, uh, we're gonna let us let's, let's let's wrap up this this segment and then get on to the, the the more regular part or traditional part of our show here after we, we take a break. But I, I just wanna say this because we think a lot about young people. You have you have similar age kids. You have college-age kids. Uh, we talk a lot about this. Older people talk a lot about this generation and what they're made of, and why there's so much stress and anxiety. Why suicide rates are high. You know, there are lots of kids that are are going through these traumas. I mean, they're in the hundreds of thousands now. If we're adding up around the country, right? This the survivors of these kids. We can't diminish what that's like to have to go to school where we're supposed to keep our kids safe. And uh, you know, every time this happened, there are six, seven hundred kids that or more, depending on the size of the high school, it's usually a high school. Sometimes it's a college, right? I mean, in the case of Michigan State, that's 25,000 kids that just are now gonna carry this with the rest of their lives. And, and we can't diminish that. there's there's real trauma there. on the on the other hand, um these kids are amazing. You talk to young people, you talk to your daughters, you talk to your daughter's friends. Their their sense of the world, their sense of other people, their connection, their their willingness to uh to 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 connect and want to do good to, to to empathy, their curiosity. This is, this is an incredible generation we have. You know, as somebody pointed out to me the other day, yeah, the, the the kids are staying home longer. They're taking a little bit longer to launch, but the flip side is we got some really thoughtful, interesting, hardworking kids. They're just they're just dealing with a different kind of trauma than we did. Right. And different issues. I, I, I just want to give a plug to the the young people out there, you know, and I know we're probably a little biased because we both have kids this age, but we see it. Right. We're like, Oh yeah, not in my day in my generation, we did this. Well, yeah, that's true. And there's of course, but, and they're going to do the same with their kids. And I, and I get that, but there's some amazing stuff going on with this, with these young folks out there. And I and I want to acknowledge that, and I want to just put that in the context of what happened. Uh, In any case, do you have any do you have any thought on that before uh, we take a break and
1: come back and do some sports? No, I'm I'm right there with you, and I I, yeah we probably are biased, but I mean I can't think of I mean dealing with all the this generation dealing with COVID, you know dealing with all these seems like weekly tragedies, and it does. If 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 anybody out there doesn't have uh, isn't connected to young people you know, mid-20s or younger, late 20s and younger, you know, they're very attuned to this kind of stuff, you know, I mean, there is, I think social media has, you know, the internet and everything has shrunk the world and there's a lot more uh, sympathy and empathy for global tragedies, you know, let alone our national tragedies and local tragedies and you're right, Sean, they do they do think and feel a lot differently than our generation did um you know so challenges that are new challenges in the world you know and they're 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 going to be i think they're going to be one of the more resilient generations that we've had in this country
0: in the end uh and that's what we hope for right That, that, that that's the hope and that's uh and that's the faith and i think that's a good uh good couple of words to uh to end with we we, we got to keep both of those I know you believe that I believe that most people do I think probably almost all people do but uh let's take a break Carlos and come back and uh and and get into some some sports get into some of these Detroit teams and trades and uh, the Lions winning the Super Bowl next year how's, <laughs> how's that sound Perfect. all right yeah okay good we'll be right back with more Free Press sports with Carlos
1: and Sean Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. uh, let's let's try to bring a little uh,
0: levity here, you know, oh, yeah. in, our, in our own small, insignificant way. Where you tell me how everything works, and I um, <laughs> I just agree.
1: How about that? No, 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 no. It's you. It's be, it's because you tell us how the world works in your columns. In fact, you've given Brad Holmes a blueprint on who to draft. I think you have him drafting approximately my four my, running backs. If, if my math, yeah, four running backs, eight defensive linemen. I what is it, 22 players or something? Yeah, you should no problem. Yeah. Everybody yeah. but a quarterback.
0: Uh yeah, yeah, exactly. A cornerback, uh, a cornerback could be good. Do you want do you want to start here? Do you want you want to start with the the, the lions and um yeah and the, and the Super Bowl and, and what the trends are? We do this every year. Who what what succeeds, and do you need to copy that, etc.? I know we did this a few weeks ago a little bit, but it's over. The lines are on the clock. And uh and I think you think they're gonna win the Super Bowl, right? So so yeah, let's start there. We'll get to the James Wiseman trade and the Pistons uh in in a minute. But
1: let's so so what you thinking, man? Uh as as I think every year, I think uh columnists and NFL writers are bored, and so they have to come up with their oh no, not bored. If Just they're be honest, be real. What is it? If the Houston Texans uh, just copy whatever, whoever won those Houston Texans or whatever are going to, you know, the, the Chicago Bears will win the Super Bowl if they just do what the Chiefs did. Not bored, Carlos. Desperate. Desperate. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. Desperate. You're. That's absolutely the right word. There's nothing else going on. All the Detroit teams are out of town. There's nothing to cover. So. They're not very good. Right. I mean, nobody's good
0: spring training, I guess, you know, you you can have hope there for three weeks.
1: Yeah. Pitchers and catches are barely there. Nobody's doing anything. And our man's man's down there. Our our man is magic. Jeff Seidel, you know, gaming the system. He's down there because they don't have to play games and travel yet. So as soon as the team starts traveling to forest St. Lucie, he's out of there. It's like vapor.
0: Yeah. So, so what's, so what what's you thinking about the lions? I mean, you you wrote it. You wrote an interesting column. Um, You started off with I, which you hadn't done in a while. I was proud of you uh, to, to know that you're still in. It's there. just the default. Yeah. 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 Um. What? What? what oh, Ben Johnson. They need a post Ben Johnson plan. Yeah. Forget next season. It's all about the season after that. They. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But you, but but your but your point which is true I mean it's obvious it's factually true and it's a it's a, it's a good Carl's point too both can be true I think at the oh, same thank time you. Thank the you. offense it, it, you know the the team score for sure the teams uh, the the best team score a lot of points it's been that way for a while right I mean wh- when's the last low score in Super Bowl the Rams and the and the Patriots maybe yeah Jared Goff's Rams yeah, thirteen to three or something. I can't remember the ten to three. Yeah. I can't remember what the score was. Yeah, it was I don't awful. think a, I don't think a touchdown came until in the fourth quarter, maybe even. But uh, but that that was kind of an anomaly. So yeah, the
1: teams need to score. Can you, by the way, can you just imagine if the Lions in the next couple of years, like Jared Goff, they actually got to the Super Bowl and the same thing happened, they couldn't score a touchdown with Jared Goff? I mean, that people's heads, oh. Lions fans, would explode. Oh. <laughs> yeah, poor poor Jared Goff. That'd be his legacy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we never should have gotten rid of Stafford. Yeah, it always comes back to Stafford, doesn't it? So no. So your your column was a was a good one, and you made uh, you made good points, like you you always do. I think it is easy though to get lost in that it's all just offense. Yes, you got to be able to score a certain amount of points, but the winning comes. When the defense can make a play or two, and you know the defense is not going to shut anybody down. There's, there's no such thing. It's just not where football is right now. Maybe it'll get. Maybe rules will change down the road, or maybe now the athleticism will change on the defensive side and it'll, it'll start kind of clamping up. Again. It's already but,
1: there. Are you kidding? Those guys are insane athletes. They're, no, they are. They are. They're probably better athletes than the than the offenses. They are.
0: Yeah, on the on the line on the
1: on the line for well, sure all 11 are. guys versus all 11 of the offense I'd take the defense is more yeah the,
0: the only the, the place of the offense you'd take the the receivers
1: and the running back generally that's about it but yeah that's yeah. what four four spots I mean the quarterbacks are usually the fastest players on on the team
0: yeah yeah and well the receivers are usually usually right there with them or at least one receiver is I mean with the Lions that they're their receivers the fastest kind on of the team but in any case, um defense still matters. It just doesn't matter in the ways that we've always thought it matters, right? But it still does matter. And we saw that play out in the last couple of rounds. Um, it's funny because I know you like the you you, you haven't you haven't bought at uh the idea of Patrick Mahomes being Jesus just yet, have you? <laughs> Not like <Gabriel laughs> Cat, no. no. And he is a he's a, an incredible player for sure, but I don't think it's for nothing that he ended up having more time and a better pocket throughout the course of the game in both the title AFC title game and the Super Bowl. I don't think that's a coincidence. Oh, you just, love your I, offensive linemen, don't you? And and the defensive lineman, right? I mean, Cincinnati got after Mahomes a little bit better than Philadelphia did, and and they didn't score as much. And Kansas City got after Hertz in the second half a not a Ton, but just enough in
1: a way that Philadelphia didn't even come close to getting the Mahomes, right? Oh, yeah. In the second and half. We saw this with the Lions, you know, as their defense got better in the second half of the season. They, they started winning. They started winning. And obviously, I mean, I mean, like Aiden Hutchinson was a standout, but they got contributions as a whole, as a collective unit. They played much better collectively. Uh, there were a few standouts, and you had your, your, uh, uh, James Houston, you know, came out of nowhere and all this with all these eight sacks, whatever it was. And, you know, they got some meaningful contributions, but that's what you need. That's what you're talking about is you're not going to shut anybody down. But if you play, uh, consistent defense and you limit what offenses can do to you and you give your offensive a, a chance, play complimentary football, um, you know that's that's how you win. That's what we saw. I mean, both teams, the Eagles and the Chiefs, both played. You know, and I don't think they played poor defense, but those offenses were just so dynamic. It's oh, just going to be hard to, to yeah. stop them.
0: You can't. So you got to have a defense and and that can that can force a punt here and there. I mean, obviously you're not you're not going to force too many. Uh, clearly, but but to force a punt here and there, that's what you got to have at that level. I mean, that's what we're talking about. The Lions are aspiring to the playoff level, so that's why we're talking about this. What's it going to take to succeed at that at, at that level? And that means, and to me, cornerbacks are important. Yes, and they and I'm guessing they'll draft a cornerback. They need cornerback help. But to me, where you make the biggest difference defensively is if you've got a couple of guys up front that can make a play or two and wreck a drive, right? but right. cornerback, cornerbacks are hugely important. And they help. But if you got a couple of guys up front or several of them, all you need is one sack and that's a punt usually,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. I've read about this before, about the, oh, I forget who said it. It was someone, oh, it was an old Giants gym or someone about there was a a large human. Jim Schwartz used to talk about this, the large human theory, and like there aren't a lot of large humans who move really fast and are really strong and have ball skills. So if you can find them, draft them. And he's talking about defensive linemen. and yeah, if you can find those guys, and we saw it, right? And Dominic Sue, and the you know, like he was so amazing. Yeah. And before that, you know, you had the, you know, the Doug Englishes and the the fearsome, you know, the silver the silver rush and the fearsome foursome and Alex cares. Those guys Hi, are English. Listen to you. Yeah, big text. I mean that that's that stuff. You cannot, you can't find those guys. Those guys don't shake loose. You know the Reggie Whites. They don't shake loose in free agency. It's just you know, like they're it's hard to. To, to find those guys and, and once you have them, you don't let them go. Uh, I mean, I know Reggie White played for the Eagles too, but, and the uh, Packers, but, but it's not common and it's toward the end of their career more or whatever. So keep them. And then you fill in. I mean, like cornerbacks, the problem with cornerbacks is they get hurt all the time. They're small guys. Uh, they play a, they, they, they're asked to do a lot, um, tackling and all that. So you see them, you got to have a lot of cornerbacks. Well, you're,
0: Carlos, you're also, if you think off the top, we haven't done the research, sorry. Sorry for all the, ah, uh, uh, But <laughs> <laughs> cornerbacks, when's the last time that the best cornerbacks are playing in the Super Bowl or the title games, you, you know? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't happen as much as you think. Daryl Rivas won a Super Bowl with the Patriots. I'm trying to think of, um, I mean, so Sauce Gardner is probably the best shutdown corner in a game right now. I mean, he, or, or one of the two or three best. And he's on a team that that didn't make the playoffs. No, yeah,
1: Jalen Ramsey with the Rams last year. I, mean, I, I guess that he's I guess probably that, the best cornerback in the NFL. Yeah, still. I guess
0: that that's the best example. You're right. That was last year too. Sorry for that. Uh, once again, LA. Song, you know, I didn't like in idiot. LA. I was in the
1: suburbs, so I don't no, know. No, once again,
0: sound like an idiot. But but the key to that defense, of
1: course, was the all-timer up front. Right. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Aaron Donald, perfect, perfect example of what what you need. Uh, but you know, you don't have to do it one way. I mean, if you have right, the bears in the 85 had amazing linebackers, you know, they, they, they still had great defensive linemen, Richard,
0: Depp, Richard yeah, Dent,
1: Richard was great, but Michael, Sing, Mike Singletary, you know, I mean, he was the wrecking ball of that team and, you know, but it was, yeah. I mean, you just, you, you need to have, you need to have. People all over the place. And I know I, you love yourself some, some, just some trench warfare, the offense line, the big fat guys that nobody watches. They're the Sean Windsor heroes. So well, I know you love it. That's just in the end. I mean, if,
0: if this, here's the thing if the skill level is fairly close uh, between the teams on any given game, the difference is, I mean, now turnovers, obviously, turnovers can, can sway it hugely, of course. But the difference is generally, Who's got more time? Who's got more time to to run their playbook? Yeah, and it's 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 really it's funny because the game is complex in so many ways, but in that in that way, it's not complicated at all. It's if everything else is equal, or more or less equal. I mean, obviously, if you got Mahomes and that crew on one side, and you know, uh, I'm trying to think of uh, you know who, who's a who, who's a bad team. I can't even think of a bad team. Texans are horrible. The, the Texans on the other, the, the trench, the trenches don't matter that much.
1: Right. Yeah. If you have too many, if you have wholesale issues across your roster, but, but we saw with Jared Goff, I mean, and that was, that was the thing. I mean, look at 2021 when the team struggled and, you know, there was a whole issue with Anthony Lynn and all that, but you had a lot of injuries too. I mean, uh, Frank Ragnow was hurt and gone for, you know, early in the season for the whole season you know, i think taylor decker missed some time and he did he had some issues i you know briquette probably has all the stats on how many times the starting offensive line play together it wasn't not a much
0: line. And so was a rookie right he, he wasn't he was so it was a rookie promising. he was, good. He was promising he was good. but not like he was this past year where he, was, not as good as
1: this year and this yeah. year they had a lot more continuity and uh that that really matters what i what i'm curious about is there's kind of two schools of thought in the nfl about interior linemen and specifically guards but centers too to some extent and do you do you pay those guys or do you let them walk in free agency and draft their replacements that's um, a great question i, I wonder what red homes we're, we're going to find out pretty soon because he's gonna have to make a decision on jonah jackson uh the left he, guard
0: yeah it's not gonna surprise me at all if they draft a guard yeah. I, you know I, I don't know how how high but i would bet they take a i, I would bet they draft a guard so, if they so, draft
1: one in the first round, I'm gonna—I don't know what I'm gonna do. For yeah, one.
0: no, i do I, don't—I don't—I don't see it happening. Look, we're gonna have lots of time to talk about the draft, and we'll get Dave Burkett back to do some of that. But just real quickly, as a for some to to put to put a bow on this part before we get to the Pistons, do you think Holmes should and will sort of double down on the first round with defensive line, or does he try to get a cornerback at that six, or does he go defensive line at six and maybe try to get a cornerback at eighteen? What, 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 what do you think? Do you do you, do you just kind of keep doubling down in that area because he loves his defensive lineman? I
1: think I think he will definitely get a defensive lineman. I'm I'm guessing or someone on defense probably a defensive lineman if he stays at six, or even has to move up to get Jalen Carter, or whatever it is. Uh, he I think he wants they they know they need more help on the defensive line, but they also in the first round um the value is just not there for the back for especially for for non-rush linebackers for for you know just traditional uh linebackers and cornerbacks and defensive backs the, the value just isn't there that high at 6 maybe maybe he maybe he trades back falls what did they 18 their second pick 18 yeah. yeah. pick trades back to the 20s low, late 20s or something and then maybe gets a, a defensive back or a linebacker or whatever it might be um, but they know, they know they need help on, on defense, but don't forget, don't forget I mean, the, the thing, the thing with, you know, football and the draft and stuff, there's some politics to it. As far as helping one, you can't just help one side of the lot of the ball. You got to help all your coaches. So Ben Johnson is sticking around and I'm sure he's disappointed. He didn't get a job. This go round, but I think they're going to try to keep that offense going and they, they still need some pieces. And you mentioned the. You mentioned a running back, and you know behind Swift, I think they need a running back ahead of Swift. I think Swift's got a foot out the door. I mean, we know what is he's reached his potential, his ceiling, as you love to talk about in basketball, and the ceiling's just really not all that high for DeAndre Swift now. And it's time to move on. They probably won't if they don't sign, resign Jamal Williams. They got to have a replacement, and you need to draft a running back for sure. And I would bet they I would, take, I would bet they'd take. A running back
0: in either the second round or I think they have two third round picks or do they have two second round I'm confused I'm confusing myself all of a sudden well they have two yeah they have three picks between the second and third round how about
1: that and I would bet that one of those three picks is a running back I hope so because it's it's as Jamal Williams proved you know it's invaluable yeah, no, for
0: sure. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. We got lots of time to get into that. But hey, man, like we said at the top of this segment, we're desperate. This this is the Lions, and we're and we're and we're and we're surviving season. Yeah, we're also uh, survivors, you know. And 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 we are in a business model now where we try more than ever, especially in sports. It's a little bit different with news. News, you 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 go where the news is to some degree. Um, but in sports, yes, we have news, but we also, uh, try to make decisions based on what people want to read. I mean, we could, I think that's obvious. That's the bot. That's the model. And what that's, people that's, wa- that's insane.
1: Sean, we base our stuff on what people want to read. I know, but it's funny how, because in journalism for so long,
0: we're like <laughs> imperious and above it all. And like, we get in our little meeting rooms and like, no, we're going to decide what's good for you. You <laughs> take your oatmeal and you like it. And, what uh, newsrooms
1: have you worked
0: in? And you're not going to get any syrup or brown sugar at all. It's just going to be plain oatmeal with a little bit of skim milk, no uh, or oat milk. But back then, it wasn't really oat milk around. Or almond milk. (laughs) In in any case, though, no, it's so funny how we went from we are the arbiters of what's news in any given community to oh no, here here come yeah we buy buy us subscribe uh, read us please And, and okay we'll write about the lions. You know, they're not in the playoffs, so what? You still want to read about the, you still want to read about the Lions. So we're going to keep giving you the Lions in any case. That's how it All should right. be. Yeah, of course it should be. I mean, we're just it's, it's self-preservation, man. Yeah. That's, that that's where we're at. That's where we're at. We got to get off the high
1: and mighty Ivory Towers. You know, the one thing I don't want to go on a big tangent cuz I know you went to we need to take a break but just the one thing we have to be careful of and I I hope that the the readers out there probably agree with this is if they don't even though you may care about the Lions, you know there's other teams that we need to pay attention to. And um, I know I've subscribed. I'm not going to name the papers, but you know my hometown. You can probably guess what newspaper or website I subscribed to. And I was very unhappy when the NHL playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs, were up last year. And my local hometown paper I grew up reading didn't think it was worth sending a columnist or a second writer to the. the la king's first playoff game in five years up in edmonton to watch your boy Connor mcdavid and so it's just one writer and it's like the it's the surest way if you just if you get into your silo of just hey this is all that matters lions 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 then you're gonna ignore a lot of things and you're gonna lose you're gonna lose out on opportunities to grow your readership so i hope our readers reach out to us and tell us hey man you guys are missing this and you're missing that. That'd, you know, we, ne- we need to keep our ears and eyes open.
0: No, we do. And in the last week and a half, I've written a Wings column, a Pistons column, and a Michigan basketball column. And uh, what none- do you
1: mean, Michigan and Pistons? <laughs> it, that's what you do all the time. And those the Red are, Wings uh, is—it's going to be your one Red Wings column this
0: year. And that, those are uh, none of those teams are thriving, uh, obviously. But um, you know, people actually read the Michigan basketball column. I was, of course, there. they did. I, no, 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 because because they haven't been that interested in the team this year. Uh, we can study this internally. But so, but it was Indiana, and that that was part of it too. And uh, it was a tough loss.
1: There is a baked in, and let's just be honest, and, and this is not a blue wall, it's not a conspiracy, but I think it's just it's just true. The numbers tell us this there's a baked-in audience with anything with Michigan. You can write probably a column about Michigan softball, Michigan hockey, whatever it is. It resonates. Anything about Michigan sports tends to resonate in a way that it doesn't anywhere else. And I hate growing up in LA and USC and UCLA were kind of like this, but it really wasn't. I mean, for a while when Pete Carroll had things rolling with USC, yeah, USC football was that, but UCLA basketball has never been that, even though they've been more successful historically. Um, So there's something about Michigan in our readership that just, they... It's either Michigan love or Michigan hate. Hate reads or love reads.
0: Well, but but that's, but that's there are limits to that. So, like, our basketball, cover, Michigan basketball coverage is good. And Tony Garcia is really good, good, talented young guy. We're glad to have him. Are you ripping but, Solari? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. But well, we just, the, the, the numbers just haven't been there. The, the, the interest has not been there with this team this year. And the numbers have shown it. So, that's why we were surprised. It's not that the, the I wrote a column about the Michigan Indiana game, and it's not that it did well relative to what we consider to be doing well but it did relative it did okay considering how little the team has been um bringing people in this winter and it's not because the coverage the coverage has been great in fact tony and i were talking about this when we saw each other you know before the game it's just it's just been tough so for whatever reason it hit a little bit that night again that's relative
1: it was like, the right. Let's just say it, it was the no, right no, 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 who no, did that
0: no, no, made no. the difference. I, th- I think it's just it was a frustration level because they they had a chance for a really important win for the NCAA tournament and and uh, and and couldn't get it done. You know, they're a young team, got it was close. stuff going on. Yeah, it was a good game. Um kind of ugly in some ways down the stretch. But Michigan State basketball has generally done better, uh, at least for our readership over the years. But again, that's fluid too. Oh, all right. We're getting in way too much backstage stuff maybe, here. Maybe if Jawan
1: Howard talked a little more, he he could promote his program. How about that? Yeah, that's another. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's another. I know uh, you don't like criticizing coaches, all. So no,
0: decide. no, no. I mean, I you know, I I, I cr- you criticize the coach for um, if they mishandle something or the players, or they're not being fair to something, or or just the general. Are they winning or losing? Right. That's where we criticize them the most. But I don't generally criticize a coach for not talking to the media, or 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 not being charismatic or not being comfortable. I mean, some people just aren't. It's fine. I don't feel like it's fair to criticize
1: people that are inherently. You're the you're the, you're the head of your team and your program, and you're not. You're the face of it, and you're not going to. Talk he, regularly. Well, no, he does talk. He just doesn't say not much. as much
0: as he should. He, he just doesn't say much, and he's shy. It's just he, he doesn't know how. He's not comfortable. Maybe
1: you shouldn't go into coaching. Maybe you should consider a different career path. Well, no, you can coach. You can be
0: a good coach. I mean, but Belichick's hadn't said squat in twenty years, but he won, so it doesn't
1: matter, right? That's the thing. Oh, well, if you yeah, if you just win, and you know what, honestly, and 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 you've been, I'm sure you've been to some of his press conferences, and. And it's just, it's, it's like performance art. Yeah, it's true. And there there's always a moment. If you watch a Belichick press conference, there's always a moment where he'll say something and it is, it is dripping with passive aggressiveness, like thick honey. And even he has a little smile about it. Sometimes it's just, it's just this crazy sort of bizarro world. That's, that's, that's its own thing. Um But yeah, when you win, like you, just can't be stopped. I mean, you can do whatever you no, want. No, you
0: can. And that's the thing. And that's why Howard isn't really, I mean, you know, whatever people think of him, he had the incident in Wisconsin, but that's different. But I think, I mean, the last two years, he went to Sweet 16 last year. And the year before, he went to the Final Eight. And that team was really good. They, unfortunately, lost their most, well, he wasn't their best player, but he was a super important player. He plays the Pistons' Isaiah Livers. So he so had two good years back-to-back. So that's why people aren't, right? And now that they're struggling a little bit, we'll see. If they struggle again next year, then you'll start hearing it. It's, 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 there's a grace period a little bit, and then and then that, that, once that's over, then, man, the gloves come off, don't they? That's, <laughs> that's always how it goes. But uh, all right, let's take uh, one more break here. We'll talk a little bit of the Pistons trade, and then we'll get into our favorite thing.
1: Does that sound good? Perfect. All right. We'll be right back with more Free Press Sports with Carlson Sean. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlson Sean. Carlos, you've been chomping at the bit to talk about the
0: NBA, about the Pistons, about James Wiseman, their latest big man. And, um, you know, I'm curious what you think, since you've been
1: just salivating to talk about this. I, what I want for our listeners out there is I want someone to uh, look at them the way that Sean Windsor looks at James Wiseman and Troy Weaver by the way uh complete complete pass, complete just uh, A plus grade on this trade that nobody understood made no sense whatsoever because it sounds like Troy Weaver's in love with the guy that he wanted to draft. When uh, when he couldn't draft him, he went second overall. So Warriors and you know how you know how the Warriors uh franchise is like bumbling in the dark all the time. They don't know what they're doing. So obviously, you know, they would obviously cut loose a player who's had a really high ceiling and could still develop. Um so uh, but I saw a headline that was very interesting in the free press. It said it's not it's not the gamble you might think it is, the James Wiseman trade. So uh please explain that headline to me, Sean. Well it's not a gamble at all. Sadiq bay is a is a three he, and D he didn't make one pass to uh to to Duran, so he's he's garbage, right? Uh, Sadiq
0: Bey is a, a good player, good locker room guy, uh solid player. I don't know that he's a good player. Fan favorite, player. fan favorite, yeah. Yes, as, as the big guys love to point out, fan favorite and the fans overestimate who this guy is, as you listen, to anybody who covers the team will tell you. But um Sadiq Bay is a three and D guy who doesn't play D, so <laughs> that 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 that's that's the issue. Now he may get a little bit better as a team defender because guys can learn a little bit how to be a team defender. Although that so much of that is feel, but he's just he's never going to be a, a great on ball defensive guy. He wanted more. He wanted more. Uh, he didn't want to just be a catch and shoot shooter. And we saw that he worked on his game, and good for him. It's admirable to do that. There's a lot of respect for that. But it pressedled him up a little bit um, last year, some, which is why his shooting percentage has gone down since his rookie year, when he was primarily a catch and shoot guy. And then this year, he really struggled. Now um, he would have these great nights and these great moments. And, you know, he hit a he hit a buzzer beater from 30 feet to beat the Warriors in Golden State a month ago. So he's got those moments. Good dude. The, the, the team likes him. I mean, excuse me, the players really liked him. And, you know, but again, they feel like Isaiah Livers is close enough. And he's a second round pick. Is not going to make the same kind of money that they could they could part with him and take a flyer on Wiseman. So I think that they weren't going to re-sign Bay anyway. So why not try to get a little bit of something for him? So that's why there's no huge gamble. They, they, they weren't going to re-sign him. He didn't he wasn't gonna have a place in the longer term because they're probably gonna draft a wing. They're gonna have a lottery pick again. I mean, if they get lucky, it'll be really high. And they probably want another wing. So um that that's what they're that's to me what they were looking at. Like, where does Bay fit in? If he doesn't really fit in, let's take a swing on a guy with potential who may never be anything more than potential. But uh, but what are you really giving up? So that's that's the reason that the headline was there.
1: I mean, I guess if you look at it as, as, you know, this is obviously just to, let's see what we can, let's kick the tires on this guy, right? Because. Pretty much. Bay is not the future. This guy may have some unlocked potential, you know, maybe Weaver's too much still in love with his, you know, draft grade on this guy, whatever it was, but. You know, I mean, you gotta. Where is he gonna play right now, right? I mean, there's so many guys that, he, that they have in the front they, court. They, they right. got four big. They got four big guys, but they don't have anybody like
0: him. To me, he's a he's a seven foot tall um, shooting four. He can he he has not shown he can do it consistently because he has a shot. I mean, he just you want to say play. he's
1: Giannis?
0: You want to say he's Giannis? Just no, he's, not, he's he's not like Giannis at all. To me, he's like Chris Bosh. He's a seven foot tall Chris Bosh. And he's, he's retired? We yeah, we don't love. Comps necessarily. They're always that's uh, all basketball is. It's all kind. It's all um, comps. You know what we do? We do it in every sport. But um, but yeah, he's he's got a very specific skill set. It's just and he's shown flashes of it. He just he doesn't know how to play basketball, you know. And and that's the thing. He, Isn't that he,
1: important to play when you're on the huge, NBA? It's
0: it's hugely important, but you do you know, but some people can learn how to play. He's played less minutes than Jalen Duran. And he's in his third year, right? He's played sixty games. I've unfortunately I've watched way too much of him because I <laughs> because I because I watched the no Warriors, expert, man. Because I watch the Warriors all the time. Uh, it's, it's when I can. I just like to watch in the NBA too. But the the, the Warriors didn't necessarily. There was a rift out there too. The owner wanted to keep. I don't, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole of the Warriors, but they they did struggle a little bit to give up on him because they really liked him and they they like his possibility and he showed flashes here and there but he's still a couple of years away at least from being a, a solid player and that's just not going to help him and they got a very narrow window with their their core guys who are all in their mid-30s uh including steph curry so it really just became that for them so it's kind of unusual when somebody gives up on that but they feel like they get a shot at a title in the next couple of years and they want to go for it and wiseman's just not gonna be ready for that yeah. and the player they got in return, helped them win in last year, and is just perfect for their system. Gary Payton II. So that's basically what they flip. But as far as the Pistons, if it doesn't work, what's what's lost, right? You 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 gave up a guy you probably weren't going to resign anyway. If it does work, I think he can be a stretch four next to Jalen Duren. Um, that that that's a big if. Who knows? But uh, you know, Weaver said, "Hey, you get talent. You try to figure it out." he he's going to ha- they've got to win next year. and i don't know how much wiseman's going to help with this maybe not much they need to start winning next year they need to start being competitive he gets a little bit of a pass because they haven't had their best player you take the best player off any team and yeah. they're going they're going to lose 20 games less right i mean that's just how it is but there's not the competitive zest and zeal night in and night out and i think that's an issue and I think we're going to have to have some conversations about whether this is the right staff to to get that moving forward. You know, But how is, do you judge
1: that now when you got basically an experiment? You're just trying to kick the tires on those guys and experiment. Let's see what happens. I mean, you're basically going to make sure you're losing what was Bay averaging about 15 points or whatever. I yeah, mean, yeah. you're losing that just to give some guys some minutes. You know, and you're basically ensuring you're going to have a lottery pick. You're going to, you're going to be in that lottery. So I guess you're in the big in the big picture. Uh, I'm not going to say tanking, but you know you're making sure that you're not getting too good. But it's hard. It's going to be harder to watch this team even even more. And they had their little flashes. They still have even without K. They they won some games here and there. You know, they they but been, it's been inconsistent.
0: They've been close. They've been competitive here and there. Yeah. No, they just. And they've been so bad defensively. Part of that's just the personnel they have, too, right? I mean, you just think about Bogdanovich, who's their best scorer, is not a very good defender. Bay was not a very good defender. Jaden Ivey could theoretically at some point be a solid defender, but he's not right now, despite all that quickness. You know, Duran maybe. Um, Livers is good positionally. I mean, but Alec Burks. Anyway, you go up and down the roster. There's Killian's probably their best. Killian Hayes is probably their best perimeter defender. But um, yeah, it's just, and I think that's what fans get frustrated with Carlos when you see, I mean, they're the, they're the second or third worst defense in the NBA, and when and when you see that, that just that grates at people, yeah, because they equate effort with that. And I don't know that I think they, I think there's effort for most of the time. There's just not a competitive spirit in a way that you you want to see consistently enough. And maybe maybe Cunningham uh, is maybe losing cunningham is is the biggest reason for that too i
1: don't know is it different how how different is it in the nba where i don't i don't it doesn't seem like you see players improve their defense that much it's kind of like who they are after a couple of years is who they're going to be and in college it's more i don't know if it's more of a system where coaches i mean like obviously like izzo you know you're just going to play great defense no matter what that's something that you can always do. Your, your shot may be off, whatever, but you can always play good, good defense and 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 hustle and all that stuff. Effort, like you said, but in the NBA, is it kind of like I'm James Harden? I'm gonna I'm gonna jack up, you know, 40 shots a game and uh, not really play a lot of defense. And that's just who I am.
0: Well, yeah, uh, Harden's an extreme example because he was at his peak was one of the best offensive players ever played, but but he didn't he just wasn't naturally a good defender i don't know how much the want to there was maybe it was occasionally in the playoffs uh when they were rolling with houston or maybe when he was young with okc but i think it's that that's a good question to me yeah there are guys that come in the league they're just immediately good defensive players they just they have a great feel for it on the ball on ball defenders and, and off the ball defenders like draymond draymond green from the start was a super gifted off the ball defender. He's also really good on the ball, depending on the the position. But but those guys are, are more unique and rare. But there are plenty of guys that come in that can learn um, team concepts to be a solid defensive player, uh, team defensive player. And then there are guys that can get a little bit better uh, on ball, but so you can't get better. Let's go back to Golden State for a second. They have a forward, Andrew Wiggins, who was the first pick of the draft. Really, really good athlete. Didn't work out in Minnesota because he's not really a, an alpha number one kind of guy offensively. He gets to Golden State. He's found a good offensive role, and all of a sudden, he's turned into an elite level on ball wing defender. In fact, was a huge reason they won the title last year. And this is, what, six, seven years into his his, ten, his time. In the so league. is that coaching then, or is it I think that that ability was always there with Wiggins, so I think in that case it's coaching mostly, and him being around those guys who all stress defense, um, and being around Draymond, right? Being around the atmosphere, yeah. The, the Andre, so, so it's a combination. Andre Iguodala is one of the best wing defenders the last twenty years. Being around that, right, and having yep. those guys in your ear coaching, so guys can get better. But but the but the feel part of it—that's what's tough, man. Like getting back to Wiseman real quick. It's such just that he doesn't know how to play basketball in, in, in certain fundamental ways. He, he's he got, he's got all this skill. He's not physical either. And he struggles to catch the ball. His hands are small. He doesn't catch the ball very well. And Trey, he's not Chris Weber. And um, you know, how do you, how do you get better at that? How do you teach that? I mean, th- this is why the, the Pistons fans are worried. This is why they think he's a bust because there are some worries there. Right. I mean, on the other hand, he's seven foot one and he can, crossover he's got ball skilling shoot out in three point range so that's why the you take the flyer if you're weaver but i don't think fans expect expect much and and you know i don't i don't blame them but uh in the end why why not
1: why not if you hit then you really got something yeah it just seemed it just seemed like they weren't i think fans were hoping for you know adding a difference maker you know some something something that was this this is a this is a logical piece that is going to help the team moving forward not we're just we're getting the we're getting the uh volkswagen in the corner a because that's all they got left or we're just gonna drive it around so you get a get a few miles out of it maybe maybe it'll hold up it'll be great and better than we thought but you know it's just it was a weird one it would didn't make a it didn't inspire a lot of hope is the problem.
0: Oh, no. But but again, I think a lot of fans are overestimating Sadiq Bay. I think that's the fundamental problem. And he wasn't going to get a lottery pick. He wasn't going to get a first-round pick, I don't think. I mean, he, no, he, ended, up, no. he ended up getting essentially second-round picks back because the Warriors traded... Um, Four second round, four or five second round picks to Portland to get Gary Payton. So basically, they swapped James Wiseman in, in, for second round picks. So it, Bay was kind of, that's what Bay's worth, right? Yeah. It, so this is a weird trade, and Payton's
1: heard and <laughs> Yeah, so, no, no, yeah, no, he's not even gonna play for a while. No, I I yeah. The pistons get a player nobody wants, Peyton's hurt and no the the, the the Warriors were ecstatic <laughs> to
0: get Peyton back. They never they didn't feel like they could afford to pay him in the offseason again. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of that, but the the luxury tax, the 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 bill over the sour cap that they were um that they were gonna have to pay and they did they did it was a huge mistake letting him go, but in order to re-sign Peyton for what he was worth after how well he played. They were going to have to let go of Wiseman then. And the owner didn't want to do that. They wanted to get, I mean, he was, he hadn't played his, he was, this was his third year. He didn't play his whole second year. He only played 30 some games, 40 some games his first year, rookie year. And the owner just wanted to do that. He, he wanted to say, let's at least, right? So here we're at the trade deadline and Curry and Green and Thompson and Kerr and all these guys are like, we can't win with him. We love him. You, all the stuff they said about him, you, good guy, good young kid, worked hard. They loved him, but they just knew they weren't going to win with him the next couple years so they're like you owe us go get us our guy
1: go get us gary payton go get us somebody like that so by the way gary payton the second uh always makes me feel old because it just it feels like i was watching his dad play not that long ago and now his kid is 30 years old and like you know toward the second half of his nba career the second part of his end, it's like it just seems so. And by the way, I don't I don't know much about him, but is he an epic trash talker like his dad or no?
0: No, I don't I don't think he is. He does. He's a great dunker for somebody who's only six two. In fact, he plays the dunker spot in their offense. He's almost like a center. He's just so athletic. Not a great offensive player. Going to hit the corner three, but but he loves to stare down a little bit after it dunks. But he doesn't talk <laughs> like he doesn't talk like his dad. He's not as good around all around players as pop was. He's got a great story, though. He was in the G League in and out. I mean, he he didn't get on a full roster until last year, twenty eight years old. I know. So it was a great. That story. was shocking. Yeah, but uh, and they and and it just fit with those guys perfectly. In any case, all right, we'll see what happens with Wiseman. I, I I just don't think if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, I don't think it's going to derail any other plans. It just you know, Weaver's shown that he can take flyer guys. So far, it's not worked. Josh Jason hadn't worked. Marvin Bagley worked a little bit last year. I don't know that they would like that signing now, extending, and they probably regret that, maybe. I don't know. I don't put words in their mouth. But but yeah, um some of the none of these flyers have worked just yet, have they? No. But Bogdanovich did, but you know, people knew he was good. So that was probably his best uh best signing. And some of these draft picks have got a hit. We'll see what they have. But they need to start showing more next year.
1: If they, get sure. one, if they get one banana, uh, that'll help. That'd be fun. All right, it's time for your favorite thing, Carlos. My favorite thing, um, I think I I can't remember. I'm getting old, Sean. So I may have mentioned this last year, but uh, it was my wife's birthday recently, and um, we uh, we went we went shopping for her birthday present, and it turned out that she wanted a watch. And um specifically a dive watch is what they're called. Um and they just they just have more water resistance essentially, but there's kind of a certain look to it, you know, steel or whatever. Um, but it was funny how just, you know, we've been together for 25 years. And um even though I we started talking about this more, you know, the last year or so, I just told her, I said, you know, it's funny how I just never knew that. You had an interest in something that I had this deep interest in. Um, and she said, Yeah, I've always kind of been interested in watches. I've always liked them, but because I kind of became, um, it kind of became a hobby to learn about them for me, I think it kind of brought her along and we started talking more about them. But it was just, it was just what it was just pretty fun and cool that so late in our relationship that we were kind of able to discover something. A commonality that we both had in us that was, isn't, it wasn't necessarily always present, but that came out later. And, um, a shared interest is always, is always nice to have, even if you've known, you think you know something about your wife when you've been or any, you know, partner, you've been together forever and something kind of surprises you that you have like, oh, I didn't really know that we, we share that interest. Um, so that was my favorite thing last weekend. I like that uh it's
0: never too late to learn right I mean I yeah. learn about I learn new things about you all the time and uh we've been together for a long long time oh, too, so. it's yeah it's like an old couple that's right it's uh yeah that's nice law right. I like it <laughs> I like that all right I'm gonna get uh I'm sorry I'm gonna get a little heavy um or, or at least a little bit more serious and sorry about this but it's just I, I haven't been able to shake this this image Um, not that I saw, but just kind of imagined it. Um, and I hate to say my favorite thing. That sounds sort of flippant uh, for what I'm about to say, but, but I know I'm just going to be, it's going to be real. Um, it's, it's, it's not my favorite thing because of the, the, the tragedy, but a couple things that happened Tuesday night, um, were heartening. In a way, and fundamental in a way, and and they both had to do with the the police. And the first one is fairly simple. I I loved hearing and reading about how the Michigan State campus police, which is not in position to handle something like that, right? They just know the, 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 the 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 human the bodies the people worked with you know the lansing east lansing police the lansing police the michigan state police i think some folks from flint came over so you've got all these jurisdictions working together to keep what was an awful situation from getting even more awful and um and it's just a nice reminder because you know we 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 talk a lot about the police in this country and the policing culture and rightfully so and there are definitely some some Tragedies the other way that are at the hands of the police that should never be, and we need to fix some of those things. And we're trying to fix some <clears throat> of those things, but but when you see something like this, and you got thousands and thousands and thousands of people you're trying to protect in real time, spread over over all these acres of Michigan State's campus, to have all these agencies, these different jurisdictions, come together to keep something from getting completely out of hand um, or a tragedy getting even far more tragic. I think is um, I think it's a great thing and it's a reminder that we can still communicate with each other and uh, and come together to 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 protect and to and to be kind of human beings. The other thing involved that that night also involved the police. and this is going to be a little trickier for some people. But for me, I was talking to my son, Sam, as I talked at the top of the show uh, most of that night, and he was listening to the scanner. And there was a lot of misinformation, including the fact when he there was a report that there was gunshot just a couple of buildings over that scared the living daylights out of him when he put a couch up against, you know, like a lot of kids when they heard that. In any case, later on, um, as we were talking, he kind of had the scanner on in the background. He could hear in real time when the suspect was shot himself. And that there was a, a, a man who fit the description of the suspect That's kind of how it was reported. But the the police were talking about it that he shot himself because i think they had him kind of surrounded at that point or close to it and then um i don't assume it was a first responder i don't want to make a total assumption here but either a first responder or a police officer some kind of authority there gave that man who had just shot up these kids cpr and i could hear that in real time and um I know it probably wasn't easy for that person. I'm sure they had mixed feelings, but the fact is that in our society, even though they were fairly certain this is who had done it, you still are innocent until proven guilty and that's still a human being. And the protocol is, in our as a society, we say we are gonna try to save your life despite what's just happened there, even though maybe we may not want to. And so those officers kneeled down,
1: I'm assuming, and tried to revive him. And that made me feel um, okay for
0: a minute about our larger society. That despite all the chaos, all our differences, all that, that in a moment like that, we have fundamental things that we still agree on. And then in that moment, somebody's going to try to save the life of another person who had just done what they'd done and um that is stuck with me for the last few days i can't get that thought out of my head i think that is a good thing i think that's a good thing because we don't want anarchy we don't want chaos we don't want complete vigilantism. right we want our structures to hold up and in that moment it held up and i think that's a beautiful thing in a awful tragic circumstance. Anyway, that's very well said. I totally agree with you. So that's uh, it's not that it's my favorite thing, but I I found it um, comforting that when it gets right down to it, we're we're not going to completely fall apart. We can only hope. Yes, hope and faith, right, Carlos? Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry to sorry to be heavy there, but um, no, that's that's the time calls for it um all right we uh
1: we need to thank some people don't we yeah we need to thank uh th- thanks to uh our producers andrew hammond and robin chan for doing all the heavy lifting the real work listening listening to us Babylon, uh, executive producer Kirkland crawford and uh interim editor on jeanette Delgado uh oh this is this is the first time i still might be the first show that she's only gotten one mention uh-huh. uh um and uh but sean mostly we want to thank you the listener for spending some time with us yeah we don't want to thank me we want to thank the listeners you all right y'all y'all y'all, y'all think- andrew andrew better get used to saying that y'all y'all yeah, okay. y'all such a great thing to say it's uh <laughs> yeah it's 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 neutral i don't like it actually i don't like it because we're not in the south if you're in the south you should say if you're not in the south and it's neutral don't and try to appropriate it it's not well, right
0: i say it because i'm a southerner but we, it's neutral and um and uh, welcoming and warm so it's it's not so bad but it does have a lot of associations that are probably not so pleasant all right we don't want to get down that rabbit hole we're trying to we're trying to say goodbye we're trying to thank people and where do we uh, find it? Where, do, where, do, where, do, where does the listener find us? Well, I assume if they're listening to us, they know where to find us. But we're going <laughs> to go ahead and assume that maybe uh, who knows? I don't know. find us wherever you, wherever you find your favorite podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Most importantly, subscribe when you get there, and uh, and give us a rating. We really appreciate the the, the ratings. We love the subscriptions. Uh, if you don't like us, tell us. But uh, you know, just tell us, right? I think that's oh, always I think that's always appropriate. All right. We, uh, I think we thanked everybody we need to thank. I think we've told people wh- uh, th- where to find us. I think they know that. And um, I want to thank you, Carlos. It's always a pleasure. I look forward to it every week. I know it's a little harder. Uh, well, that's the wrong way to put it. It's a much tougher show and um, not always easy to do this, but I'm glad we did. And thanks for, uh, thanks for bearing with me a little bit today. Anytime. All right, Carlos. I look forward to uh, getting back next week. And uh, hopefully it'll be mostly sports. Maybe we should get some food going. We haven't done that in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's time. Maybe we should get Lindsey in. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Or we'll just get Dave Burkett in every week. Who knows?
1: Talk about chicken nuggets.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dinosaur shaped chicken nuggets. <laughs> that'd be that'd be great. All right. Until next week, Carlos. Uh, we will be back with more Free Press Sports with Carlson no Shaw.